Welcome to Audacity Podcast. This is your host, Michael. Welcome to the Thunderdome. This is your other this is your other host, Steve. Oh man, what's going on? I've been I've spent the last few days I've gotten hooked on a new uh well, new to me, which is the best kind of new. Um it's like when people say technically the truth is the best kind of truth. <laughs> uh I I've been watching this channel. Um, he's a psychiatrist, but he does a lot of like, he talks about mental health issues in the realm of like the gaming community. Ah, okay. And his, uh, channel is called like healthy gamer, I believe. Uh, and he, he talks to his chat and, you know, uh, all that stuff, I think on his Twitch times, but I've been watching more of the YouTube videos of him when he talks to streamers and he gets some like a pretty of like some of the, some of the biggest people on like Twitch or whatever on there. And it's just very interesting and talking about mental health issues with, you know, people in that realm of the internet. And it's not, he's very careful of, of framing it. Like this, it's not really therapy. Right. right. He's not dying, diagnosing them with anything. He's not treating them for anything. He's talking them through some stuff. And then if it seems like they have like really legit things, then he recommends them seek that out. That's cool. But, but just for the conversation, you know, it's stuff that's like, you know, they have to be open to it. And he's very careful of like not trying to drag something out of somebody that they don't want to say. But, sure. you know, people come in and they have anxiety issues or, you know, you know, anything like that. And he kind of no, talks about it. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, who would have thought you would go into streaming because you don't like dealing with other people? And if you're only dealing with people in your chat, you can keep them at a distance. Right. And it's safer for you, you know, like that kind of thing. Even though I guess it can also be very abusive. but. Uh. Anyway, I, I've been hooked on that. I've been watching a lot of these ones, and it's just kind of interesting seeing people open up to that, and and what you know, some people feel like as an issue, and then other people have different different things they want to bring up, and you know, it's just kind of cool. And because I'm 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 into psychology anyway, right? And so it's it's interesting watching these interviews. I don't imagine that this is a community that really gets a lot of priority when it comes to mental health. Um, as far as far as public attention goes, you know. Mm, no, probably not. Because I mean, you think about like uh, throughout like us growing up, and you know, we've talked about this before. Where video games and shit like that is that's something that you don't let people know you're into that because you're a nerd. Right, exactly. Or whatever, but it's become far more prevalent and 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 wide open and uh, much way more accessible. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that a lot of the things that we see, like studies, that's all like did Doom Two cause a mass shooting? Right, exactly. Type thing. It's not like normal people just needing to talk through their problems and their issues. Or 
I'm playing League of Legends and I'm throwing my monitor out the window. Like maybe there's something I need to deal with there. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's kind of where he's coming from. And it seems like it's more of a passion project for him on the side. Cause I mean, he's like a, he's a clinical psychiatrist. So he deals with people who are really like clinically diagnosed with some serious things. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he plays games and he's into that. And, he, and you know, and so I thought that was pretty cool. And, well, uh, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I guess my point on that was, you know, this is not a, <clears throat> the gaming world, the gaming population to me doesn't seem like a world that, that really, uh, you know, that, that really the people are interested in hearing what they have to say about things, you know, as far as their, as far as their thoughts and maybe why they play video games. Um, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of why I like gaming is because like you said, it's the whole, it's the whole, uh, not really being afraid of people, but not knowing how to deal with people. Uh, yeah. totally. And so, you know, the thing, the thing I get out of, out of video games in a lot of ways is I get some sense of control, not only in the game I'm playing, but also in the, uh, in the interactions I have within those games. Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, whereas, whereas with, you know, it, you can't walk away sometimes, you know, with, with, you know, if I'm playing, you know, an MMO, you know, if somebody's, you know, bad mouthing me, I just, I, I leave their group. I can just talk to the people I want to talk to. So, yeah. And it can be as simple as like some people don't understand that they can do that. Right. Exactly. So and they don't, they don't have to engage, but also it depends. It could depend on the type of game you're playing. Like if you're playing a MOBA, like League of Legends or something like that, where you have, to, you are, you are playing a team game fundamentally. Right. And a lot of people can't communicate basic things. Right. And like gamers can tend to be like, can almost get into that weird, like, um, overbearing personality type of like maybe macho yeah. type thing. If it's dudes where it's like, I don't need to communicate. You just need to stop being a fucking idiot. Right. You know, and it's, like, well, you know, but we're it. playing a team game. So no, well, you actually kind of have to, you know? yeah, right. And, uh, you know, but we're playing a team game. So it helps to actually communicate some things. And, you know, he, he, he talked about that with one person where it's like reframing how you speak to others. Yes. You know, like as simple as, Hey, I say you insta locked this position and this character or whatever. Uh, I'm good at this position, this position and this position. What would you guys prefer me go? Right. And so then it becomes a more collaborative thing. And even though it might frustrate you because they insta-lock the thing that you wanted to do or whatever, if you care at all about not just rage-locking the exact same thing and knowing you're going to lose, uh, how can you build your communication? And I think that's really important no matter what, like games, whatever. It's important in business. Like, being better at communicating with people helps you across the board. Well, it's a, it's a basic adult skill. I mean, you, you know, the ability to communicate effectively. I mean, it's one of those, it's like, it's like adulting one-on-one, you know, type stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I, I would argue that it's actually adulting like 405. <laughs> adulting 405. So, so beyond, <laughs> beyond learning how to cook for yourself and basically not die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because I think it is, I think it is something that takes practice. It takes effort. You have oh, to want sure. to know how to do it. 
for sure. Uh, because the fact is, is that there's a lot of high performing people who feel like they don't need to do that shit. They don't need to bother with that fluffy stuff because <laughs> I, I drive a Beamer and you I know, know I'm, I've got a nice house and whatever. I'm successful without having to do those things, mm. but you would have a better time if you learned those skills. Well, how much more successful would you yeah, be? Exactly. And and they don't, people don't understand how, how you could remove a lot of your unnecessary stress if you knew how to do that. Hmm. And it's not always about doing it to get what you want necessarily. It can also be, there's a value in like going back to the team game, right? You may have wanted to play that position and it might piss you off that that person just insta locked that or whatever. But do you care more about just playing that position or do you actually want to win and rank up and succeed in spite of that? Right. And so then you have to apply these skills or you have to learn these skills, how to manage that, or you just dig into the hole and, you know, you just perpetuate that really frustrating cycle. And this cliche that people see of online games being really toxic and combative and all of that stuff, but it applies to other things. It applies sure. to non-gaming things just as much. I mean, to me, to me, those types of games really, offer an opportunity to practice uh you know practice those skills in an area that doesn't have much in terms of consequences because it's very it's very very different going out into the real world and practicing these skills and and messing up because there are consequences right uh whereas with online gaming i mean the the only consequence you have really is you know some some dude called you a pussy and you lose you know, and you lose. I mean, you know, that's, that's where there's really no teeth to that. So to me, to me, online gaming offers a, offers a very ripe, uh, you know, practice ground for that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's also been shown that people who, you know, uh, they run a guild and wow, mm-hmm. and they learn all these skills, management skills, and then they, are able to go and and achieve a high position in some corporation or whatever because they've developed management skills. Yeah, that stuff translates. Through a game or whatever. There are people who, it's like, you were talking about EVE Online the other day, right? There are people who learn things in EVE and and dealing with that economy because it's entirely player-driven. And so, you know, player actions have consequence across the board. Right. And people have translated that into starting their own companies and, and, you know, doing that. And so, you know, that's high level shit, but all the way down at the bottom is basic communication and, and, you know, people skills. Yeah. Like you said, you can practice them in a venue that's not, it's, it's not actually threatening. Right. Right. Which, uh, doesn't explain me and why I'm such a why I'm such a degenerate when it comes to that. You, well, think, you would think a man that could do a podcast like like myself wouldn't be wouldn't be an awkward communicator, but there you go. Well, I'm not going to help you with that. <laughs> oh, there's, because, years, there's years and years of therapy right there, my friend. For one, yeah, yeah. 
because <laughs> uh, for one thing, it it amuses me <laughs> to hear the to hear the stories of uh, you know you being a gruff hermit that doesn't get along with anybody, and you know you don't hear enough good like stories about those kinds of people. Right. No, yeah. It's like the Bill Hicks, like a young man on acid realized that right. all matter is just energy. It would be condensed into a slow vibration. Yeah. yeah. Here's Tom with the weather. Here's Tom with the weather. Uh, but, you know, so that's what I've been doing most recently. I got caught up in watching Healthy Gamers channel and him What's doing a- interviews with people. And I find that very interesting. The other thing is that here a couple of weeks ago, I. Uh, or last month now. God, time has gotten away. But went to went to Ireland. Actually, no. Before I talk about that, I went to Ireland. Teaser for later in the episode. I'm going to get to that. But I wanted to ask you though. So before we started this, you know, we today we're recording earlier in the day. The sun's out, whatever. But a lot of times we do it at night. Right. You know, and I like to think that the night is when I thrive like a vampire. <laughs> and, and, Even. yeah, and, and I, and I like that. But, but the reality is, is that sometimes we know we're going to record, we have the time, we have this, the topics where we're good to go. And I just don't fucking feel like it. And I know, I know you've been there too. Well, sure. But are there things that you can do? And this is, here's the theme of this episode for me is like positive thinking. Yeah. So to start off, I would, I was thinking about, you know, ways to kick it off and stuff to ask. Do you have something that you do to kind of, I guess, brute force yourself into a good mood? Yeah, I would say, um, Primary thing that I do on a day to day basis to 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 really reboot my attitude and put me in a good mood usually involves music of some sort. Mm. Um, yep, yep. Usually, usually I will listen to. I, I'm a big I'm a big nostalgia fan. I really like nostalgia, so you know I like to listen to music that I know will bring happy thoughts and happy memories, uh, you know, to my head. Uh, in order, and that, and that overall puts me in a better mood. I mean, um, you know, so it's the power of music. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess otherwise, you know, I try to, um, you know, I'll try to have some sort of positive interaction with somebody I really like, or I'll talk to a friend, you know, or talk to my wife. No, I I noticed that like, that's never calling me up for any reason. Well, to cheer I mean, you up or anything like that, because also, you know, f- go fuck yourself. But, you know, <laughs> I swear I would help. Why do you think I engage in this? I, I, I swear I would help you. I, you know, I would. Well, why do you think I engage in this bullshit with you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, it's uh no, I'm uh, I'm I'm with you on the music. You teed that up for me because that was that was my thing, too, is right there with the music. Because and I but I have to be careful about that because I gravitate toward heavier you know darker music that doesn't always yeah yeah but you know but the thing about that though is that i'm not listening to it 
for the actual, a lot of times I'm not listening to that kind of stuff for the, the lyrical content that it has. I am not a big person that listens to music and, and necessarily gets what the artist wants me to get out of it. Right. I will almost always apply songs to either some made up story going on in my head or something in my life that doesn't, it's not really what the song is about. And, and so, you know, yeah, I'm into metal and prog metal and, you know, all this like weird or darker stuff. But when I'm hearing it, I'm not hearing the, you know, black Sabbath nativity and black talking about Lucifer shit. I, I'm, I'm painting some other story in my mind. So, so let me, let me see if I understand this, because if that's the case, then, then you and I are very alike on this, but you seem to have your own kind of movie rolling along in your head. Exactly. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. I do the exact yeah. same thing. And, and whatever I'm listening to is the soundtrack or whatever I've got in my mind. Yeah. And that's, I've also had very few, you know, so many people talk about, they listen to music, but, oh, this is the band that I listened to with my ex-girlfriend and now I can't listen to them anymore or whatever. I don't have too much of that. No, no. Because I don't really apply music that way. No, no. Well, most of, most, I would say that the vast majority of the music I listen to is is tied to some good memory there are i will say there are a couple of songs individual songs that if i hear those songs will immediately drag my mood down yeah um, and these are these are two songs that were uh that were actually my wife's alarm clock about 10 years ago when i was sick <laughs> so oh okay so i was about to say like so she annoyed you to death with the song and you hate it but well, no, I get it. You're like, no, almost, it was a yeah, different it situation. Literally annoyed me to death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no. So I, when I was sick, uh, I for so for my listeners, about ten years ago, I got I got pretty bad sick. Um, like twenty one days in the hospital, down my back for a year. You know, top sick, and um, yeah, that was a that was a bad bad year. And did you did you try? I, and I feel like you didn't since it, it took so long to recover, but did you try using your bootstraps? I did, but they just did not work. Yeah. It usually doesn't. It I usually mean, doesn't. I mean, as much as I pulled and pulled and pulled, I, just I was just hoping that, up. you know, there would be an example of it actually working. And, but it, it just and, and, anyway, and not, not massive for shit. Yeah. 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 But, uh, so anyway, so, you know, while all this was going on, you know, my wife was working uh, you know, she was, she was teaching at the time. And, um, so her alarm clock would go off and just these songs became, these songs that her alarm would go off to just became a bad association. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there, there are, because, because I, I felt like shit. I thought, uh, I thought, well, this is it for me. I, you know, my right. life's over all that shit. So it's like, okay, well this song now is associated with all that. Um, but I have very, very few, very few, I could probably count on one hand songs that have a negative effect on my mood. Yeah. Uh, For me, the stuff that I avoid is I, uh, you know, I really don't go too hard into maybe like love song music. 
because 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 love is a lie and i hate it and i hate anybody that has it and you know i just don't like that no i'm just kidding but i i don't because i don't really again i don't i don't associate that with a particular person or whatever right and so it's like i don't watch a lot of romance movies either because i'm not entertained by it right and and so i just don't get much out of it but the stuff that I do listen to, I can almost guarantee, unless it's just something really simple, you know, it's hard to associate Van Halen jump with anything, but just a good mood and oh, sure. jump, right? It's but, one, that's one of my songs. But but for other things, you know, taking another, another like band like in that, in that, uh, genre of classic rock type shit but like bon jovi's wanted dead or alive right yeah like that's one of the few songs of theirs that i can stand to listen to anymore because i've just heard them so much but -hmm. it's because i i i I, and this is in line with what they're talking about or whatever but i have a cowboy music or movie playing in my head (laughs) when i hear that song it's not i i i think of myself as the cowboy or I'm associating it to anyone in particular. I just have a movie going uh-huh. or a story in my mind. And that's how the, that's how it plays out for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is so much of that music though, doesn't cheer me up. It exercises some like story or something that I'm building up in my mind but it doesn't necessarily cheer me up, but I'm like you, I go back to the upbeat nostalgia songs. Yeah. So like right before this episode, I put on, there's a really great video of, uh, it's, um, we've, we've seen it. We've talked about it before. Uh, it's that waiting, waiting for a star to fall. Yeah. But it's set to a video montage of like eighties movies. Mm -hmm. That cheers me up, you know, because there's nothing, it's all, you know, shit. It's the Ninja good, Turtles and, and Michael J. Fox and, you know, you know, Eddie Murphy and like all these, you know, like all these people and all these things that we saw as kids and whatever. And it, it feels good. So it pumps me up. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and yeah. So, I mean, the nostalgia, the nostalgia is definitely powerful. And, and, you know, I've heard people talk about music and they talk about how that as you get older, that really really all you have left is is music you know as far as you know what can take you back you know, music can act like a time machine at yeah, least it yeah. does for me and like you know when i especially when i get on the road and i'm in i'm in my truck and i'm by myself and i've got the music up because i can't i can't listen to the radio in the car with my wife because evidently she has ears like a fucking deer and she can hear it when it's on two and I can't. And whenever I turn it up past that, I got a headache. Turn that down. <laughs> and then, and then she'll immediately go to sleep. And so now I can't listen to anything. So when I, when I get in the truck by myself and I can crank the radio up as loud as I want to, you know, I'm, I'm at my best right then usually. So, you know, and if I'm, if I'm going from point A to point B, like I, let's say I'm, let's say I'm going to a job interview or something, I will find the most upbeat stuff that I can listen to between my house and that job interview. So that when I get out of the truck, I got to bounce in my step. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I think, I think, 
like I said, I think the big appeal of music, and I think you see this in a lot of different media, not just music, but movies and TV shows and, and cartoons and stuff like that is, man, they're time machines. You mm-hmm. can, I, I, I've seen, and, and of course, YouTube, YouTube is great because you can pull up just about any, any kind of song or media, you know, movie or anything that you want. Um, and I've heard people, you know, talk about YouTube being that way. The YouTube is a time machine. You know, let's just go back in time and relive, you know, if even for just a few minutes, you know, relive a time in our lives that, you know, might've been happier or might've been, uh, you know, or might've been a time when just things, things were going great, you know? So that puts me in a good mood. The, the other thing that I do, uh, that I'm trying to get better about, but it's harder now that it's going to be like a hundred and fucking 50 degrees outside soon. Uh, cause I'm trying to go out and like, you know, when I, I feel, you know, down or I'm, I need to, I want to get to working on something. Like I'm trying to brainstorm ideas for this or write them on or do whatever it is. I try to just go outside and walk. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I think the kids call it, go t- touch grass. these days but but that's but there's truth to that you know you go go outside walk around disconnect from stuff Mm -hmm. uh be in the sunlight even though again it's hard for a vampire but you have to uh and and i think i downplayed the importance of that for a long time and now I'm starting to realize that, no, no, actually, I do feel better when I go do that. You right. know, it's not just the exercise. It's just like the being outside in the sun or whatever. And it doesn't have to necessarily be the sun for me. I don't mind cloudy days, you know, stuff like that. But uh, just going outside, not not sitting in front of the screen, not looking at the phone, not doing any of that stuff that has a tendency to drag you down. Yeah you know if you let it uh so that that's my other one that and that's a that's a habit i'm trying to build currently uh but and and so it's hard to remember that oh man i'm sitting here feeling in a funk wish i had something to do it's like well i do look outside go outside you know go hike around or whatever um so that's my other thing see i see i get the same effect out of going for a drive yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, what I, what I'll do is like, and, and again, because it's summer and it's, you know, the gates of hell here and here and down South, mm-hmm. uh, it's harder to do, but like this on a good, on a nice spring or fall day, there's nothing better in my mind. It is therapeutic where I will, I'll, I'll roll my windows down and just take off and I'll, I'll just drive wherever, you know, I mean, if I might go, I might go to you know, Missouri and back, you know, just to go on a drive. And I, you know, and I've been doing, I've done that since I was almost old enough, almost old enough to drive. Um, yeah. I remember one time I got a, I almost, was mean, meaning before you were old enough to drive, you just stole the car and, and right, took off. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's a, what was that? What was that movie? Eighties movies. License to drive. Is that the movie? No they idea. Stole the car, they stole the car. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I remember one time when I was about 19, uh, I woke up one day just in a funk, just in a badass mood. And I got in the truck and I started driving and I ended up driving to Carroll, Illinois and back just, <laughs> just to drive. I mean, yeah. 
you know, and to give you guys any sense of where we're at, I mean, this is from, from Eastern Arkansas to Southern Illinois, you know, which is not an insignificant drive. And I came back, I came back through Kentucky and back down through Tennessee and back through Memphis and then back home. And, uh, you know, took about half a day to do it all. And I felt better, you know, and I couldn't explain that to people. They're like, why would you do that? Like, I just, I feel better now. I'm in a better mood because of it. Back when gas was cheap. Yeah. Back when you could do that. Holy shit. You did that. Now it costs a fortune. Uh, you got to remember back when we started, back when us, us guys started driving, gas was 99 Sprint. Hey, here's a curveball. But since you mentioned it, speaking of the gates of hell. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you liking the Diablo four so far? It's pretty good, although I'm getting my ass handed to me by that first boss. First boss? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the mother of the girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what class are you? Uh, cleric. No. No, not cleric. Um, shit, I don't remember. Um, are you casting magic? Yes. Well, the, yes and no. The are you the sorceress or the or sorcerer? Dru, druid, druid. There you I'm go. I'm a druid. That's what I am. A druid. Took me oh, a second. Okay. I, so couldn't get, I, I couldn't get it in my head. I'm a druid. So I haven't I haven't played that class yet, but it's kind of notoriously like slow to start. Yeah. Um, they get a lot better. As a matter of fact, like in the uh, they they did a you know race to whoever could hit level a hundred first. And I'm pretty sure there are a couple of druids in the top, like five or 10 or somewhere in there. So it's not like it's a bad class, but I've just heard that it has a very slow start. So that might be. Well, the issue, the issue I'm having is I'm, I'm getting right to the end of the battle and I'm just, I'm out of, I'm out of healing potions and you just, you just get overwhelmed. And I, I just haven't figured out the right pattern for the, the boss yet. I had I had some bosses that were that way for me. I played a sorceress the first for my first character, and um, especially near the end. One one of the things I'm not going to talk about too much because I'm going to wait till you've actually beaten it, and then maybe we can talk about it more or whatever. But one of the things, just gameplay wise, that I don't really enjoy about the game too much is that it has level scaling. So basically any zone you go is always going to be attuned to your level. Yeah. So you really don't feel like I'm progressing in power necessarily. Right. right. Like the old games didn't do that. Like you had to, you had to like the story mode of say Diablo two only went up to a certain level on normal difficulty. Mm-hmm. And then when you beat that, it unlocked the next one, which then would go ramp up to a certain level. And then you'd go to the next, you know, the highest tier, which would then ramp up to the maximum level. Right. But it was only set for the level by each act in the zone you were in. And so you could get to a point halfway through a zone or in a new zone where you just changed maps and the level ticked up. And now you have to grind and get better gear and maybe gain a few levels to then pass it. But Diablo 4 tricks you into thinking you're okay because you're killing the normal shit 
Yeah. But, oh, by the way, the boss scales to you too. And so it's going to, it could take you a long time to beat it. If you're mm. not at a, cause it's more like what gear you have determines like how fast are you going to kill somebody? Yeah. Or that's my understanding of it anyway. So, you know, it might be a thing where you have to back out and it's not necessarily gain more levels unless you're still at the point where you need to unlock more skills on your skill bar. Right. But like, it might be a thing where just find a better weapon. Yeah. 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 And I think, again, I think too, part of it too is, is, you know, fighting, fighting these bosses for the first time and figuring out the patterns. Um, so I know you say that you uh, you play games when you can with a controller. Yeah, you can play Diablo Four with a controller. See, I'm going to have to because I'm not a I'm I'm not a fan of the control style um, using the mouse because I think that's part of my problem is is yeah. I'm having a hard time if it you know if it were the WWASD. And you just you looked around with a mouse and all that, it'd be a little easier. But the fact that you that everything is driven with the mouse uh, is screwing me up a little bit, I think, because there are times when I lose my mouse pointer. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know which way I'm fucking pointed. Yeah, I had to actually I increased the size of mine. I still enjoy keyboard over controls for games like Diablo. Mm-hmm. But I know there are a lot of people who are the exact opposite. My my brother asked me that. He was like, can I play it with a controller? It's like, I, I think so, yeah. But I just don't because I don't want to. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I get it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know if you knew that. So I figured, let yeah, you know, you, I, can, I, you, can, you can play it with a controller and some people like that a lot better. I, I'd gone into the controls to see if I could, could, you know, change it and realize you could with you could with the with a controller but i haven't tried it yet so i'm, I'm gonna have to hook it up and try it and see but part of part of the problem i have and we talked about this a couple episodes ago is is the dexterity problem with a with a controller mm-hmm. i don't have i don't have the same dexterity i used to holding a gaming controller um or, or what is what would be the equivalent of a console controller um so i don't know i may end up going back to the going back to keyboard and mouse just just out of habit. Yeah. I guess it's the difference between do you enjoy having to click to walk around and keeping track of all that stuff, or is it just easier overall to move with a controller? Right. Right. Uh, I don't like aiming with a controller. On oh, it's such games, a pain in the ass to do that. Uh, versus, you know, with the mouse. But again, and if you uh, also too, if you decide like, well, I don't really like the controller as much uh, for the cursor thing, you can go into your settings and adjust that. They have a lot of accessibility options in this game, which is that, fairly, you know, good. That'd be helpful because, like I said, a lot of time what ends up happening is I lose my I lose my cursor in the in the mess, yeah, right in the noise, and then before you know it, I'm getting hit from behind by somebody, and I don't know which way I'm pointed, and I can't get around to get around to them, and you know, it's just pain. It's just kind of pain in the ass. Yeah. But all right. Well, let's let's save the rest of that because I have thoughts on the story and the overall game and and all that. But uh, I'll wait until you've gone, gone through it. Uh, I tore through it this weekend, and I, I was like, as a matter of fact, sat, Saturday night, I think I stayed. I got to a part where I was fighting a boss that I was having trouble with. Uh, 
and this is a part of the game that I really wanted to talk about, but, but can't, uh, but it, it turned into like, no, I'm beating this before I go to bed, right? which is, you know, not actually the right way to look at it because, you know, it's like in studying or anything else you do a thing. And then when you start getting tired and you start getting frustrated, you just do the same thing over and over again, hoping that it's going to work. Right. And you don't internalize the lessons you're learning until you take a break or, you know, go to sleep or whatever. That's and right. You come back and you'll try something different and most likely you'll then succeed. Uh, but anyway, I got frustrated with that. And then the rage fueled me so much that at that point in the game, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to beat it. And I stayed up till like five in the morning until mm-hmm. I beat the story. But, but anyway, what mm-hmm. I, what I thought we would, uh, spend the back half of this talking about is I, I, I went to Ireland last oh, month and, uh, so just a, like short version really good trip spent like 11 days we started in dublin kind of i went with uh like my mom aunt's sister and uh, her fiance and we we kind of started in dublin and then went south and went around the bottom and you know kind of stuck to like the south and then the western side and, and kind of bounced around to little places and sites and all that and we had we had a good time but what I wanted to talk about is more of this, the exercise of trying to keep yourself in a positive mindset mm-hmm. when you know, when you're aware that situations might likely, you know, become annoying or, you know, uh, you're just going to have a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? You've gone on family trips and shit like that where it's like people just start, there's, you know, people just start getting on your nerves and it's because you're so familiar and everything and they, they just can. Right. Right. And, uh, and I don't like, I don't like to be that way. I don't like to go on trips and think that way. So I told myself, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going over there. I get to do this. I should be you know, happy that I'm going on this trip and it's something new and, uh, let's be positive about stuff. You know, let's, let's try to keep a positive mindset. And, uh, you know me well enough to know that that's not necessarily my first, uh, not your instinct, not my first take. No, it's not. Um, but I, I mean, I will say to be fair to myself, I am an excellent traveler though. Because especially if I'm going somewhere uh, brand new to me, because I don't get there expecting to know everything or to be comfortable. Right. And so I feel like I'm better able to deal with it. And I just let stuff kind of happen and, and go with it, you know, and, and learn as I'm going. And I, I try to also, you know, people who travel for business and for work and everything, and it's a normal thing and it's not necessarily like you're not traveling for fun or whatever. It's easy to get to the airport a little late, feel like you're in a rush. You're going somewhere you don't even want to go. Yep. You know, it's easy to like lose your patience and get aggravated. I, I try whenever I can, when I'm flying somewhere to get there plenty early so that I can let, 
people. Oh, I didn't realize that I couldn't bring a whole gallon of water into my backpack when I go through security, <laughs> you know, or, oh, we have to take our shoes off, even though it says that like every five fucking seconds on the overcom or, you know, like all these things that people do right. and they act like it's their first time through. And, you know, some people, maybe it is, but most people it's not right. Um, they're just oblivious and, and it's annoying, but magically if you get there early enough and you're not in a hurry yourself that shit doesn't really affect you as badly no not really you, you know and and that's been my experience so i try to do that but this time i tried to take that core you know knowledge of traveling and being being upbeat being positive and apply it to everything you know like gotta gotta be more positive right. and so I do that, and there here's a couple of reasons why I think i'm I'm not at the level of the it's always sunny vision board <laughs> yet yeah. like I'm not there. I can't manifest the Lamborghini <laughs> and the and the supermodel that Dennis right. wanted you know i i can't I can't do that yet uh but I'm gonna work my way there, you know i'm gonna I, I got to write the secret for rednecks or something, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to get there. Um, Positive thinking for idiots. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here are a couple of examples, how I feel like the universe rewarded me for my effort. I didn't win the lottery or anything dramatic like that, but uh, from, so we flew from Memphis to Chicago and then we had a pretty long layover and then we flew to sh Chicago to Dublin. Right. And they said multiple times that, you know, you might not, you might have to check your carry on bag. The flight is full, blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual stuff I get in there and we're, we're the next to last group to board. And I get there and I say, I've got an aisle seat. There's already somebody sitting next to the window. Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, here, here comes the uncomfortable person that's going to sit in the middle of us. Right. Right. And people keep passing and people keep passing, gets down to it. And there doesn't seem like there's anybody else getting on the plane door shuts, starts to taxi. And what do you know? I've got an empty seat next to me for this seven hour flight. Well, that's better than sex, isn't it? And I just thought, Wow. Like there's something to this. So anyway, but it didn't, it didn't actually, I didn't have that thought yet. Cause mm -hmm. I just thought randomly lucky, you know? Yeah, it happened. yeah it happened. So we get there, you know, we, we got there like noonish, whatever we go to eat. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into like the, all the touristy stuff, but next morning, like I go to bed early cause you know, he had the flight and, but it just kind of worked out that we got there and spent most of the day and we could go to bed at like a fairly normal time to avoid jet lag. And I, I woke up at like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning feeling like totally a hundred million dollars, you know? And so I go for a walk, I'm doing stuff and I tried to keep up this mindset. Well, we we stayed in a couple of different places for multiple nights. You know, we had like three different places that we stayed for at least two nights. And the transition from the from from uh, 
the first place we stayed to the next um was you know doubling to the to the next place and we had to drive aways and we didn't none of us realized that a lot of places there don't serve food past like four-ish in the afternoon right and especially like it's pub it's like basically the sign flips over and they're not it's not closed it's just no food only beer it beer time beer time now no food beer now we don't eat now we drink now yeah yeah and a lot of places do that or they just close you know and that's not to say there are no restaurants in ireland or whatever but just a lot of places that you see will kind of especially when you're in like more of the rural rural areas or whatever uh they just don't have as many options to eat you know like dinner places right and so we're driving to the next place and we we stop in at the small town where we thought there were multiple options but they're all done or it's pub time you know uh so we're going and now it's down to we just have to stop wherever we can you know take what you get type of thing and we pull into this place that's like this converted truck stop now a diner type thing and it's easy to go in and think like oh god (laughs) you know what are what are we into now but but you know i want to i want to break any maybe negative impressions like this place it was it was very clean it was pleasant you know, it was, it was nice. It would just, it literally was a converted like truck stop gas station. Right. So it just, it had a strange, it was a strange, you know, appearance to it. Right. But we're in there looking at the menu, whatever. And it's like, it's a lot of like fried foods and, and whatever, you know, they had their fish and chips, but it was mostly like sandwichy stuff. And just, a, it was actually kind of an eclectic menu. Right. And but one thing I do know is that that, you know, that part of the world is really big into like, uh, curries. Yeah. And I see that on the menu and I'm like, fuck it. I'll go for the chicken curry in this random spot, you know? And everybody else is ordering like fried chicken sandwich, uh, fish and shit, you know, like that, that kind of thing. I hear I am getting the chicken curry and I kid you not, this is not an exaggeration. Everybody else's stuff was average at best or it sucked. That chicken curry was probably, it was top five meal that I had in Ireland. Like legitimately awesome. Really? And that's when I started being real obnoxious about my power of positive thinking. And I'm just like, you know, if you just try to keep a good mindset, things just work out for you, you know? <laughs> going to do it, you got to be obnoxious about it. Yeah. And so, and so, <laughs> so then I really, I really leaned into this, like, I mean, I really was being, you know, positive. I was just not being, uh, <laughs> I was being positive in the most weaponized way. <laughs> uh, because. You know, if I even got the hint of somebody else complaining about something, it was like, you know, if you just keep a positive attitude, things will work out better. I bet they're ready to strangle you. Uh, Probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, It did get to the point where my aunt was like, you know, I'm just going to start ordering what he orders because every time it's always good. (laughs) And, And that was that was mostly true. I only had one place where I where I legitimately. But that whole 
everybody was kind of disappointed there because it was a play. It was a seafood place that was making itself out to be fancier than what it was capable of. Uh-huh. And it was just, the food was disappointing while also overpriced. Mm. So it wasn't inedible by any means. It was just like, oh, okay, come on. But anyway, uh, kept up the positive thinking, you know, it's like one day, where we we it was another another of our like moving to new lodging, but we got to drive like three hours or whatever. So our we rented two cars, and it was like my sister and her fiance, and I I was in that car, and we decided we're gonna just go. We're not gonna follow the other car. We're just gonna go look at stuff we want to see, and kind of bouncing around, and accidentally went to a, a Michelin star restaurant. Mm-hmm. And just kind of walked in with no reservation or nothing. We had to wait like 15, 15 minutes or something. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had, we had a good, we had a good time. And, uh, that was one of the best meals, not only in Ireland, but maybe in my whole life that I've had. Uh, and, but before that, to get there, we drove seven miles up this old far- sheep farmer road not knowing if we were going the right way to this part. We were actually trying to see, you know, the, the, like the calendar stones that are there. And so they've been there for thousands of years or whatever and set in circle. Uh, and we were going there, but we went up and down this road. That was everything you would think of misty sheep farm mountain road. And, and we're like, where the fuck are we going? You know, and it's like, we did that. We didn't worry about it. Or, I mean, it was it's a little bit like it'd be hard not to be a little concerned that you're going the wrong way or, you know, you're going to run into a dead end type of thing or whatever. But that's not how it worked out. And it was awesome, you know. And so, you know, stuff like that kept happening throughout where I would just I tried to keep, a, a, you know, a good a good mindset about stuff. And and you know, pleasant things kept happening to me. My food was usually good. You know, things that stuff was, I found an awesome wool sweater and a scarf and then a couple of blankets. And now I sit around in one of them like a grandma Mm because it's like a wool throw blanket, you know? And I'm just like, like like, like granny's Afghan at her house. Yeah, yeah, basically. (laughs) Uh, But then, so it leads me to, we're getting, we're now, we're ready to go we're going backwards now on the trip, double into Chicago. It's a, like an hour and a half longer, uh, on the flat back. Cause going against the wind, I guess. Right. right. Um, get on. It's another international flight to a main hub in the United States. Right. So airplane, it's the same warning message about checking your bags and all that stuff. But this time on the way back, I actually, hard checked my bag so I didn't have to carry it. I just had a backpack with me. Uh get in, sit down in the aisle seat and wouldn't you know it, plane starts to taxi, there's nobody sitting in the seat beside me again. Oh damn. So now I'm up to like fifteen or sixteen hours worth of flight with an empty seat by me. Yeah, which just does not happen. And then we land in Chicago. We got another layover to go to Memphis. It's like we had to sit for six hours to, for a hour and 15 minute flight, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, but it's now it's just, it's just down to, uh, I'm with my mom and the, when we left 
like Memphis to Chicago going to Ireland, we were in a smaller plane that only had two seats. So it's just, we sat by each other and you know, whatever. This one was a little bit bigger. So it was three and three. Oh, nice. And we had seats by each other. I was in the aisle. She was in the middle. We were going to have a window seat. Uh, plane's not even half full, I don't think. And we had an empty seat again. So three flights in a row for me. My positive thinking got me an empty seat. And I just couldn't help but think I did. I created this with my mind. (laughs) You know, but I'm not. I recognize, though, that I'm not high enough level for the Lambo and the and the supermodel yet. You know, because what is it he says in Groundhog Day? Uh, I'm a god. I'm not the god. But I'm I'm most definitely a god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of the same thing. I'm trying to be aware that there are limits, there are hard limits to my powers. Uh, but I think that's just a matter of practice. Sure. You know, I don't think you jump to, you know, truly manifesting things right away. No, no. I think you have to build up to it, yeah. and. uh and so that that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to exercise that power and try to manifest certain things, you know, starting with the next time the lottery hits a billion dollars. I think that's good practice. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, well, and, and I'll tell you, there there is... There is studies that that look at this kind of thing, and there's actual there's actual benefits derived from it. I mean, oh yeah, and and, know, and just to reel it back for anybody listening, we're not talking about being able to manifest a billion no, dollars, or yeah, we're not we're not we're not going to I dream a genie it out of nowhere. Yeah, right. We're, we're talking know. about a we're we're talking about just keeping a positive attitude, and that affecting your outlook and your behavior, and then the things that happen. Yeah, I mean, you you look at, I mean, it's it's a well studied thing. It's it's the Pygmalion effect. You know, it's the it's it's the self fulfilling prophecy. You know, if you if you go into something with a negative attitude, then your outcomes are going to be more negative than not. And if you go into a if you go into a situation with a positive attitude, your outcomes will be more often more positive than not. And, yeah, and- I actually, I think. I think we've talked a little bit about this before where you it's how that can also play a part in how you see your own control of the situation. Right. 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 If you're, if you lean toward being negative and, and, you know, like pessimistic about things, you can easily slide into thinking that things happen to you. Yes. Yes. And, and your, your misfortune is that things happen to you. And then on the flip side, your fortune is luck. Right. And has nothing to do with anything you did or any work you put into it or whatever. And that's the dangerous part of it. Sure. Because you start feeling like you have no control over the things that happen to you. That's not to say that, you know, accidents don't happen or truly bad luck happens. To, you know, people get sick out of nowhere or whatever. And that, that has nothing to do maybe with your positivity. But just in general behavior, 
Yeah. You can easily start thinking of, well, things happen to me no matter what I do. Right. Yeah. When you get into that normal day to day stuff, you know, of, of, okay, I, I, well, I hit every red light. That's just, you know, or, or I got trapped or, you know, I and in a puddle or, you know, that, yeah. that, you know, the red light, you just said that offhand, but that's a really good one where, you know, you, you see that, like, I'm, a, I was late to work cause I just, I hit every red light. No, you weren't. You, you were late to work cause you knew that it takes, it, it can take up to 20 minutes to get there mm-hmm. and you left at 10 minutes. Right. Right. The red and light it, thing just prevented you from getting really lucky. And the and the perception is interesting because what I've noticed in my in my own armchair studies is uh, if I'm in a hurry, I will always hit red lights. At least that's the perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the perception. But if I'm not in a hurry, it's green all the way. Yeah, and what's what's happening is is you're just noticing the negative because it was more important for it to not be negative then. Right. Right, and, sure. and when you were a good mood, you didn't care if you hit a red light or a green light or a purple light. Like it right. didn't, you don't care. For sure. For sure. Well, I hope that positive thinking thing works for you with the lottery. <laughs> Why? Because I'm just like, I'm moving off and you'll never hear from me again. I'm just going to be gone. I'll buy a mountain in Colorado somewhere, like an mountain. entire mountain. And and just i'll be somewhere on it or under it well yeah i mean you gotta have a compound if you got that kind of money i i feel like yeah i feel like you do i feel like you also gotta it's like rim world you gotta you gotta get your hydroponic stuff going right in there so that you can live uh, you know through whatever uh (laughs) you gotta have your solar power you gotta have your uh you know, RimWorld doesn't actually address your water supply. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I guess it's like it's somehow not. you just magically have water. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that they should have done that, like have a well or water pump or something, because there are there, rivers and uh, you there, know whatever. There are, there are some games that do address that. Like there's a game I play called uh, My Colony, and it's mm-hmm. uh, you basically. You basically set up a, a colony on a on a planet or a moon, and you have to deal with your water. Yeah, you know, or people start or people start dying of thirst. Yeah, you know, so. I have. I've kind of always thought. I bet there's a mod. There's a mod for anything in RimWorld, but I bet there would be a water mod. Let's make it really difficult and make it where you have to tap a well, but you don't have the tools to tap a well. <laughs> yeah, you got or like you, or yeah, and. You're, you picked a desert biome, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's real hot. So you're on a timer anyway. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that'd be cool. My favorite <laughs> ones to watch people do are the basically like frozen and alone starts. Yeah. Where they start in like a freezing biome and then, but it's, they only have one, one person. Right, right. And just to see if they can build their first shack in a fire before they freeze to death. Yeah, because, I mean, that game's challenging enough without, you know, when you're running a normal campaign. You know, just because right. of, of all the bullshit that you can't control and, you go. Yeah, yeah, like you go out you go out hunting and then an army of squirrels attacks and kills half your people or whatever. Yeah, like, you, got a rat, you got a rabid rat, you know, or some shit. 
most of my starts get when they get derailed are because I go, I send a couple people out to hunt deer and the deer stampede them and and attack. And, And then I lose like two out of three colonists right at the beginning. And I get pissed and I don't play the game for a month. <laughs> my 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 going off the rails usually involves like one of my one of my um, colonists like losing their mind. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, you know, going around like killing the other colonists. So that's always fun. And then you try to you try to go help the colonist that's injured. Well, you never can move fast enough. All right. To, to get away from whatever it is, whether it be well, or or the, the other colonist is like, uh, uh, they have the fear of, they have, what is it? What is the fear of open space? Is that agoraphobia? Yeah, agoraphobia. Yeah. They have that. And so they don't want to go outside. So they, it's like they just trudge their way over there, you know, cause you're forcing them to go outside right. <laughs> and then they snap. There's a lot of fun things that can happen in that. Sure. That's all I got. I'm, I've tried to be positive, but I don't think I can do it anymore. No, no, yeah, I've, I'm, I've had, I've had all I can talk about. I think at this point. So, uh, also got a, also got a dog running around here that's wanting to bark. So, I'd hate for my, I'd hate for my audience to have to listen to a yappy to, dog to have to hear a dog. Good lord! I know. God damn. Why are you so, um, I'll ask this and, and I'm trying to be positive about it. Okay. I'm, I'm asking this in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Why are you so unprofessional? I don't know. If I knew I'd probably address it. If anybody else can address it too, you know, I, I please, mean, please try. I just, I don't give a shit, I guess. He's not going to listen. I was about to say, he's not going to listen, but you can try. No, you can talk all you want, but uh, there's a good chance I'm going to tell you, go fuck yourself. So, yep, yep. Uh, you know, because that's, that's my style. So, and then I'll go listen to some upbeat music, get in a better mood, mood about it. Right, and forget all about it. Right, put my, get get happy in the same pants I got mad in. Yep, yep. As my wife likes to say. So. All right, well, well guys, um, Share with us, uh, get on the socials and share with us, you know, what, uh, what do you do to, to, to brute force your good mood? Um, you know, and let us know your stories about the power of positive thinking. Has positive thinking ever gotten, you know, gotten you positive results as it, as it did my friend here, who I cannot have, believe got three flights with a seed between it. Cause that never have fucking you, happened. Well, that, that means that when I fly out to Baltimore here in a couple of weeks, <laughs> You'll be between uh, two of me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have two larger than me and and far more obnoxious than me uh, seating buddies. I always I always get the the salesman around me on a flight. You know, it's Mister. Hey, what you doing? I'm the executive vice president of sales for this company, and we had such a good year this year. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn. Nobody like, asks. Nobody cares. I do not care how many, I don't care how many fucking shower rings you pushed this month. Okay? Just let me go to fucking sleep. But, uh, Anyway, let us know your stories. So you can find us on the socials, uh, on Twitter at Audacity Pod, and uh, on Facebook, Audacity Podcast. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Try to, try to, 
try to manifest yourself a uh, Lambo. There you go. See you later. Bye.